Welcome to the Ego Sumvia podcast with me, Father Andrew Evan. As always, I invite you to begin by joining with me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, take away from me whatever keeps me from you. My Lord and my God, give to me whatever brings me to you. My Lord and my God, free me from myself, that I may give you all I am. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have a question we're going to consider this week, and the question is this. Is it okay to have doubt? That's our question. Is it okay to have doubt? And firstly, I'm going to make a distinction between having doubt and having reasonable or appropriate questions. And I'd say these are two separate things. That is to say there's a difference between, on the one hand, the kind of questions that spring from faith in a process of reasonable inquiry, and on the other hand, the kind of questions that are fraught with anxiety and negative emotion, questions that can perhaps come to dominate and even consume your life, which is what doubt does. One of the keys I would suggest is how it affects my relationship with God. Because, of course, my relationship with God is not a static one like every other relationship. It is alive and changing. It can go forward. It can go backwards. One way in which it goes forward can be through legitimate inquiry, through reflecting on different issues, discerning prayerfully and thoughtfully different responses to what life throws at you. And also, for that matter, by learning about my faith, about the traditions of the church, what has been handed down to us. But there's a difference between the relationship going backward or forward uh, and the relationship being undermined altogether. So let's be clear. Doubt undermines faith. Reasonable inquiry, on the other hand, can help faith advance. As St. John Paul II said, faith and reason are the two wings that help us fly to the truth which is God himself. So yes, let's use our reason as that other wing alongside faith in order to fly to God. Let's ask reasonable questions, but let's not confuse that with doubt. If we look at the catechism on this issue, we can see that the church defines faith as an ascent of the whole person or being. So the catechism says, with his whole being... Man gives his assent to God. Now that's another key phrase with his whole being. Faith is an assent of the whole person. And we can say that doubt is likewise not an assent but a descent of the whole person. Doubt is a descent of the whole person. It is something that takes over and consumes the whole person. It starts to colour everything, we might say, to taint everything. And that is not the same as having reasonable questions or pursuing reasonable inquiry. Now, another point I would make would have to do with the importance of good foundations in our faith life. Because, of course, questions and challenges will always come to us from some direction or other. We can't control that. But what we can control to some extent is how we approach and respond to those questions and challenges. And the ideal, I would suggest, is that we approach and respond to them from 
a place of faith, a solid place of faith with good foundations. And the foundations, as we know, are good spiritual habits, a regular prayer life, getting to Mass, getting to confession, reading sacred scripture, spending time in fellowship with other Catholics. Simple things, very simple things, but a whole stack of bricks that go to make up that necessary foundation. Now, there are different things that can undermine those foundations, and it can be as simple as our own laziness, just letting our routine slip, not recognize the importance of keeping the ordinary stuff of devotion going. But we should also recognize that there is someone who is quite literally hell-bent on undermining those foundations, and that is the devil. So here's another thing to bear in mind. We always have to keep one eye on what the devil wants and then just do the opposite. What the devil wants is to destabilize us, to unsettle us, to make unstable that solid place which is our faith in Jesus Christ. So if we remember the temptations the devil puts before Jesus himself, and I've talked about this many times before because it is such an important episode and has so much to teach us, so the temptation the devil puts before Christ is to make him question whether he is really the Son of God. And it can be precisely the same temptation the devil puts to us in trying to get us to doubt. It is the temptation which says, you're not really a child of God. You're not really loved by him. You're not even worthy of being loved in the first place. Now, let's be clear about this. It's not illegitimate to question, for example, whether or not God loves me. That kind of question, alas, comes to many people, particularly in times of stress or difficulty. It's more that there is an appropriate vigilance or awareness that I really should be maintaining when I reflect on that question. That vigilance means, for example, recognizing where the question comes from. Is it prompted by this difficult situation? Is it prompted by my emotional state? Is it prompted by the devil himself? And the problems often occur when that faith-shaking question comes unreflectively, without real thought, as the consequence of dismay or despair. So let's give an example of this. Um, so although the great majority of people in the world practice a faith, great majority, and although the numbers practicing faith are globally increasing in our own particular country and culture, that is not necessarily the case. And in consequence, we will probably encounter a lot of people who don't believe in God and who don't have much time or respect for people who do believe in God. So if we are surrounded by those kinds of people, it would not be unexpected for us to ask, maybe they're right. Maybe it is all foolishness, etc., etc. But there are two ways of going about this. There is an unreflective way and there is a reflective way. The unreflective way is a bit panicky. It is, oh my goodness, everyone around me is ignoring God and getting along fine. I must be wrong. He doesn't exist. I'm such a mug. But the reflective response would say, okay, these secular folk around me are a challenge to my faith. But do you know what? If I lived just about anywhere else in the world, I would not be encountering these attitudes and hearing these arguments all the time. And I would not, therefore, be responding in the same way by doubting myself and my faith and doubting the Lord. 
I need to bear in mind the wider context and perhaps also spend a bit more time in fellowship with other Catholics and have an idea of shared devotion and a shared approach to life. Okay, so one other important thing to bear in mind when it comes to questions and challenges to my faith is the importance of acknowledging the limits of my knowledge and being at peace with this, being able to accept the limits of my knowledge. So in plain terms, there is quite a lot of stuff I do not understand or that I may never understand. I cannot know everything, but that is okay. And we can see something of this acceptance in St. John Henry Newman's poem and hymn called Lead Kindly Light, which is really about not being able to see very far ahead and that being okay. This is part of the remedy for doubt. St. John Henry Newman does not beat himself up, worrying about what's in the darkness and why he can't see it. He accepts that what he can see, that what God in his mercy permits him to see, is the next step. And that's all he needs. God, in fact, gives him precisely what he does need, which is a clear sight of the next step. And we can always say the same for ourselves. God will always show you the next step. And if the next step isn't visible, it means that God is telling you to stand still. So as I say, part of the remedy for doubt is accepting that we have imperfect knowledge. We can't postpone living until we have perfect knowledge, until we have all the answers. We have to get on living with imperfect knowledge. I'm reminded of a line by the French poet Paul Valéry, which says, Il faut tenter de vivre. You have to try to live. You can't put off living until perfection arrives. You have to get on with the business of life in an imperfect and a fallen world. And we live with imperfect knowledge. So not having all the answers does not mean we stop living. Okay, and so... Just one last point, which is in a way linked to this, alongside accepting the limits of my knowledge, there is another important thing to accept, which is, if you like, the other side of the coin and another remedy for doubt, which is the importance of improving my knowledge. So as I say, this is the other side of the coin. I accept that I have imperfect knowledge, but the knowledge I do have, I have the responsibility to try to improve which means knowing my faith, knowing what the church teaches, knowing what the church teaches, for example, about the existence of good and evil in the world. It would clearly be wrong to agonize in a doubt-filled way about the existence of evil in the world if I hadn't bothered to take the time to find out what the church teaches on the subject. If I looked at what the church teaches, and it's all there in the catechism, which is freely available online, or I can ask my priest, if I actually bothered to find out what the church teaches instead of agonizing over it, I might think, gosh, that makes so much sense. It all falls into place. Or I might not say that, but at least I would have taken time to find out. So there we have uh, some responses to the question of whether it is okay to doubt. So, firstly, remember the distinction between doubt and legitimate inquiry, two separate things. Secondly, remember the importance of those good foundations in your prayer life and devotional life. Thirdly, 
Remember the role of the devil and indeed of the culture around you in all this. Fourthly, remember the limits of your knowledge and be at peace with them. And finally and lastly, don't forget at the same time our responsibility to know our faith because that knowledge can be a great weapon against doubt. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. If you have a question you would like a response to, do get in touch via email. The email address is andrew.eburn at rcdea.org.uk or add a comment via the Podbeam app. And I'll look forward to joining you again very soon with another episode. Let's end then, as we always do, with the prayer of our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.